Peace, love, and life, and peace, love, and light. Welcome to another installment of 30 Talk. I am your host, Him Not Them. Got to give and always will a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are live, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of Coco Roco, Age of Ascent. That's a jazz band based out of England with West African roots. I've always been a fan of live music. Horns and percussions are my favorite. And they always seem to put me in a perfect mindset to give me clarity when it's time for me to disseminate information for the family. People always say there's no good music available, but that's because we're looking in the wrong areas. Based on our last installment, we have, sometimes we suffer from availability bias. Listen to last week's installment, The Marathon Continues. It wasn't last week, but the last installment before this one. The Marathon Continues to get a better understanding of what availability bias is and how we suffer from that. But for me, I try to be present and allow the opportunities to be presented to me. And that's something that we're going to get into in this first part of this installment. But before we get into that, greetings and salutations. Hopefully the family is doing well. The school year has started, so I've started to turn on my Coach C hat. I'm sorry, turn on. I started to put on my Coach C hat. And it feels good to be in front of the young people and see the excitement that they have coming back to school. I hope it lasts longer than it typically does. It usually fades around November or so when the weather changes and they got to wake up and they're not as excited to see their friends. They're less excited to see their least favorite teacher, things of that nature. But it just feels good to see the young people be excited to be in the school building. Um, I'm starting at a new school this year. Uh, A great opportunity was presented to me and I jumped on it. And it kind of propelled me, or it propelled me, yes, to want to have a conversation about how we can best recognize our opportunities. And we often have, we often turn a blind eye to our opportunities, right? And it's because it's not that we, it's not that it's not there, it's it's because we don't see it. Excuse me, because I'm reading and talking at the same time. The opportunities are always there. We just don't necessarily see them. The book, Think and Grow Rich, you can find it on the internet. I suggest the family, you know, take an opportunity to read that because there's a lot of information that we know, but it's not until it's presented to us in a different fashion that we hold on to it or pay, we hone into the information a little bit deeper. You understand what I'm saying? And I want to take this opportunity to show that we can take advantage of what's in front of us once we start looking at looking at these scenarios and situations properly. You dig what I'm saying? When a person is truly ready for something, it will be put into their presence. That's a fact. That's a Fendi fact. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm a testament of that. I'm a testament of that because once I realized what I wanted, I started putting myself in positions to see that. I didn't want to become a teacher because of the financial benefits that came from it. I wanted to become a teacher because it it completed me. And I say that to say that everyone has 
an ability that makes them genuine to who they are. We just have to find that. And once we're ready to hone in on that, it will be presented to us. When we think about opportunities, opportunities are oftentimes disguised in forms of misfortune or temporary defeat. Perhaps this is why so many fail to recognize opportunities. We have to stop allowing people to make fun of us because of our failed attempts when a lot of people don't even attempt at all. The opportunity is disguised in temporary defeat. That's the, the uneasy feeling, the anxious feeling that we have because what if I fail? What if, what if someone noticed that I'm not as good as I thought I was? We, we've already shrunk our thinking, you understand? We've already limited our possibilities so now that opportunity will escape us. We can't be afraid of the opportunity and we cannot be ashamed to fail. Again, because other people haven't even jumped off the stoop. You understand? And I tell the kids all that all the time. Well, I tell the scholars that all the time because they often worry about what their friends think. And it starts since sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And as we reach the stage that we are now here at 30 Talk, it rolls over into our adult age. And our main weakness is our familiar familiarity with the word impossible. Kids say it all the time, that's impossible, or I can't. It's not impossible. It is possible. And I want the families to start looking at impossible as I'm possible. You understand? Anything's possible once you put your mind to it. But the minute that we start speaking negatively, the minute that we stop speaking and thinking highly of ourselves, we will miss our opportunity. Then it goes from I'm possible to now the opportunity is impossible. You understand? And I don't want us to fall victim to that. It's, it becomes difficult to kind of say that. Well, it's not difficult. Let me take two steps back. Easier said than done, but it becomes difficult to make that initial step. You understand? The initial step is always the hardest. But once we start to get the ball rolling, we will start to realize that what we thought was impossible was just a stepping stone for what we wanted in the future. Success is about doing the right thing, not about doing everything right. And I had to learn that for myself. I started to realize that I wanted to do everything right. I wanted to do everything right. And I don't have to do everything right. I just have to do the right thing based on what I want to accomplish. And I, I encourage the family to do so. Think and Grow Rich is one of those books where you might read 10 to 15 pages before something stands out to you. But we shouldn't be reading things for the, as people will say, for the clickbait or for the buzzwords. We should start looking into the information, looking into all the information that's available to us instead of trying to find the highlight points. And I think that's one of our downfalls as a society, as a community, as a human race as a whole. The microwave effect has rolled over into not only our personal lives, but how we view success. And what that should look like. Nothing worth having comes overnight. And we usually miss the opportunities that are award that can be awarded to us because we want overnight success. And you know, with the school year just starting, that's how I always typically start the school year. And that's when I start to remind myself that how we think is how we think is how we view. And I want us to change our vision. Not, ne not necessarily change that, excuse me. I want us to alter our vision, right? 
so we can start viewing the opportunities that are available to us. And I'll just leave that there. This, um, excuse me, you know, (laughs) I'm just excited, family. I don't know. I think the new month, September has given me new energy. I don't want to say new life. I'm still living the same life, just with new energy. And I want to pour the energy that I have into this installment so the family can use their energy to pour into themselves. Our first break. Yes, family, that was Larry June, Private Valet. I like Larry June. He kind of reminds me of my man Currency. Very good beat selection. Cool pimp player shit. You understand me? I like it. Larry June, Private Valet. Just want to remind the family it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. 2022 is still in motion, but it's you know, coming to a close. I don't want to fast forward it per se, but I just want to put it on people's radar that time is moving and we want to make sure that we're gaining momentum going into the new year while still cleaning up the rest of this year. You understand? Let's uh, find a way, right? Find a way to make sure that we know whatever we want is possible and that I'm possible. You understand? With that being said, Moving into the second part of this installment, I always look at notes from the time that we are now in the past. So when I look at these notes, this is from September 6th of 2020. And I can't really remember where I was when this information was available, was um, presented to me, I should say. But I always want to make sure that the foundation is laid before we move forward. The reason why I always look at my old notes is because it helps. It helps. I hate when I'm reading and talking at the same time, family. Why do I do that? It helps me understand that life is a cycle and that we have to find ways to put things in perspective. So when that life makes a cycle, we're ready to move into the next phase instead of having to repeat a cycle. That's why we have to start to not start, but continue to understand the difference between urgent and important, right? Urgent tasks require immediate attention, whereas important tasks contribute to our long-term goals or mission. The reason why those get misconstrued is because when we say something is important, we might not put the sense of urgency behind it. You understand? And when something is urgent, we might not understand how important that is to us. It's kind of one of those gray areas. So where I stand right now, I try to focus on the things that are more important and then I will move with a sense of urgency, right? Usually urgencies, urgency or moving, excuse me, when something is urgent and we're moving, moving with urgency, that's usually coming with a deadline. You understand what I'm saying? Oh man, my paper is due. I have to move with a sense of urgency. That's where urgency comes into play. When we think something is important, 
oh, I need to do this two-mile run to prepare me for this marathon that I want to participate in. So then the actions that we're doing is important because it's contributing to a goal or a mission. When I think about where I stand right now, the reason why I'm only doing things that are important, because I don't want to waste any time. So if I'm moving in a space where I'm doing everything that's important to me, I can still move with a sense of urgency. Sometimes when we move with a sense of urgency, we forget what's important because we're just trying to seal the deal or get the job done. When we want to distinguish the thing, excuse me, when we want to distinguish between what's important and what's urgent, we have to look at a few things. When something is urgent and important, that task requires immediate attention, right? It's urgent and it's important. It deserves my undivided attention. But when something is important, but it's not urgent, that tasks, that task needs attention, but it's not immediate. And that's where I want us to stand for a second. When something is urgent, we have to we have to know why we're doing it or why it has to be done in a certain time or a certain fashion. But when it's important, if it's not contributing to the long term goal, we're not going to move with a certain sense of urgency. And that's I can only speak for myself. Somebody else can be in a different space. You can use this information however you please. But as long as I'm looking at this information today, like I said, I'm only thinking about what's important. When we, when, excuse me, when something is urgent, but it's not important, that task requires immediate action, but that's not towards our goal. I want us to start tracking our thoughts, writing down our goals, what we want to achieve for the month of September, because then that will help us move towards our next goals when we set them for next month. Urgency can be tricky, right? Like I said, if we're moving with a sense of urgency, we might skip over the steps that are important because we're moving too fast. And that can be detrimental, daunting, um, dismal in some, to some degree, right? Because I just need to get it done. I just need to finish. And urgency can, moving with a sense of urgency can cause mistakes. And especially if we're trying to gain momentum moving into the next year, hell, moving into the next week, if we're trying to gain any type of momentum, we have to know why we're moving with a sense of urgency. Are we moving with a sense of urgency to keep up with the Joneses? Are we moving with a sense of urgency to appease others? You understand? Then we will skip the important steps. Here at 30 Talk, we're all about solutions. If we, want, if we know something's important, we will move with a sense of urgency. If we think something is urgent, we will forget what's important. And I'll just leave that there. I don't want to beat a dead horse with this information because, you know, for me, it seems relatively simple, but it could be a first introduction to someone else. And I want them to have an opportunity to digest the difference between urgent and important and realize we might be putting our onus in the wrong areas. You understand? And that uh, that in turn can hinder our growth. I want us to move sound, but sound meaning within ourselves, meaning in a whole, moving sound. But I don't want us to make a lot of noise, knocking things over, being destructive because we're moving with a sense of urgency. When we move with importance, we're moving sound. We're making a sound decision. Whereas we thought about everything, not everything, but almost everything that can contribute to the downfall or the upclimb 
of what we're looking for. Yeah, man. I don't know. And I'm just going to leave that there. Quick shift before we move into the last part of this installment. I'm just feeling really good right now, family. I'm just trying to figure out where it's coming from, but I'm not going to question it. You dig what I'm saying? I want I want the people to feel what I'm speaking right now because they might not have that. And I have enough to give. My cup runneth over, as the Christians would say. And I want to make sure what I'm spilling is not making a mess. One last break. Yes, family, that was The Elements, Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. I thought it was only right to end the installment with the title track. It's crazy how life works. I wonder what was presented to them to have such an iconic song by the title of September. I guess that's Virgo, Libra season. You dig what I'm saying? A lot of energy going on. Shout out to the Virgos. I guess it's still Virgo season right now. I think Libras is next. You feel what I'm saying? I'm really big into astrology. For those who are, you can get in contact with me, him underscore not underscore them on the IG. To close this out, we have to shout out an ancestor, one of my favorite activists, Chairman Fred. I didn't want to jump the gun. He deserves no introduction. He deserves no introduction. But, you know, <laughs> that's like Mount Rushmore for me. I feel like even though I didn't have an opportunity to drop the installment at the end of August like I planned to, around his birthday, on his birthday, I feel like it's only right to pay homage today. In light of that, I just want to highlight that this individual was young, 21 years old when he was assassinated. And the idea that this corporation has this type of practice under their belt, how they've treated the melanated people of this country for so long, it, it's, it's not an understatement. When 30 Talk first started, I was really big on melanated history. I wanted the family to understand that History is not his story, you understand? And we have to really focus on melanated history. And whenever I, you know, whenever the school year comes around, I have an opportunity to get into the information that they try to indoctrinate the children with <laughs> when we speak about melanated history. And it, it always drives me to go back a little bit to highlight the parts that they don't show us and the parts that they try to leave out. And that keeps us in a lane that's, that some will call docile. You dig what I'm saying? And we have to start highlighting the highlighting the highlights. What are you talking about? <laughs> and we have to um, be proud and, and be willing to. And, and Chairman Fred was an individual that 
galvanized people, you understand? Not just melanated people, but the the oppressed, you understand? And that's what the, the bigger issue is. That's what Martin Luther King was talking about before they assassinated him. That's what Malcolm X was talking about before they assassinated him, all right? Once you start tapping into the world's problem and not just your problem, you become a problem. <laughs> and they silence individuals who do that. Chairman Fred was born August 30th, 1948, and he was um, shamefully assassinated December 4th, 1969. 21 years on this planet, it was so impactful that J. Edgar Hoover had to like, you dig what I'm saying, mastermind some shit. And it, it's just disappointing, you know, to actually think that People still, and I'm just speaking, people just still believe in voting and what Biden said. I just seen a clip on the internet when Biden was talking about that 93 crime bill shit when he had hair on his head. And I was like, Biden running his mouth like that? <clears throat> just like how Hillary was like, yeah, I got hot sauce in my purse. Like, we don't forget. They, they running the race and they running around us. You understand what I'm saying? And like, we have to like, take these blinders off from the, the social medias and all these other people that are distracting us and focus on the people that can enlighten us. Chairman Fred was one of those individuals. He described racism as a product of capitalist oppression. He understood that it wasn't just a, minor, a melanated thing, it was a minority thing. And minority means individuals who aren't making X amount of dollars in, for lack of better, corporate America or what they deem as corporate America. You see what I'm saying? Chairman Fred, Chairman Fred was remarkable at accomplishing what they would call the um, Rainbow Coalition. This consisted of the Black Panthers, the Puerto Rican Young Lords, and a white Appalachian Young Patriots. This was a group of um, underclass, under mid-class white Southerners, because you had to have somebody with the money. <laughs> It wasn't going to always accept the black dollar, so you had to incorporate a white face to make sure that your organization can at least get off the ground, which is commendable. Like, in the business world, one thing that they don't tell the melanated community is you're not supposed to get it on your own. <laughs> That's what we keep pumping in our music, keep telling our kids, like, we, keep, we get it out the mud, I don't, it's only me out here, I only need me. No, nobody wins that way. And we've been practicing that silly behavior for the last 30 years. You dig what I'm saying? And Chairman Fred understood that galvanizing not just yourself, but people who think like you is something real. Um, let me see what we got here. I got a quote, and it says, and I quote Chairman Fred, they were seeing his, I'm not sorry, this wasn't him. This was a quote from, I have a quote. I'm sorry, I'm just all over the place with my notes, and I apologize. This quote is from the people who were keeping an eye on him. You understand? That were tailing him, tracing him, this, that, and the third. They understood that he was establishing not only the melanated community, I don't say black, he was establishing the melanated community, but he was bringing in poor whites and middle-class whites that understood the oppression of corporate America, or this corporation that we call America. And J. Edgar Hoover and them, FBI, that, that's when that came into fruition because of the Black Panthers. Fred, Chairman Fred was obviously a chairman of the Black Panther Party at 21 years old. Just let that let that settle for a second. Um, 
he was he was on a radar. He was the first he was the first person that J. Edgar Hoover was like, look, this is why we can't have no black messiah. You understand? This that and the third, Martin died, Malcolm died, this they didn't even let this guy get in his thirties. And this happened. And apparently he died for three hundred dollars by a man from the his Judas was named William O'Neill. Went under, went in as an undercover you know, like a driver or something, and worked his way up through the Black Panther Party and got his and got close to Chairman Fred, and he got the lowdown on what his house looked like, and he he gave the Chicago police the blueprint of his house, and then they came in there and assassinated him when he was laying next to his wife, who was pregnant at the time, and you know the rest is history, respectfully, and it's. It's, you know, it's some movie shit. That's why they made it a movie. And it's like the person that played it is not even American. He's, you know, he's a Brit. But I just, you know, we don't have to get into that. The point that I'm making is like that it was so crazy. They had to make it a movie. <laughs> Yet and still they profited off the black man's death. And I'll just leave that there. It's crazy when you take the blinders off. And when you allow yourself grace. You dig what I'm saying? Ignorance is bliss. And ignorance can be, you know, it's only acceptable because we accept it. But as long as we don't allow it to, you know, succumb us or fall victim to, you know, our, our, we should allow grace. Let's think about what we discussed tonight. Let's think about the difference between urgent, urgent, excuse me, and important. And let's not be blinded. To, let's not be blinded from our opportunities. I'm your host, him, not them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, you gotta to talk to me thirty. Peace.